Yeah. I know. It sounded like maybe something was going on with your mic. I mean, your headphones. But no, it wasn't. That was basically the sound of a 3,000 horsepower engine failure at high RPM on a, base, a diesel Cummings in a Dodge that just fucking blew up. I mean, literally ball of fire for the most part. So that was on IG. If you guys want to check it out, it's on Auto Astronauts and it should be there somewhere. Anyways, thank you for coming by, stopping, uh, stopping around and checking uh, my podcast out. This is Hella Average with me, Jose. And um, yeah, today, it's a different one. It's a weird one. And before I go on, um, I was going to say, and I always forget to say this, and I always never said it, but if you are, you know, somebody that's woke and is planning on listening to this podcast, do yourself a favor and don't. Because uh, if you're easily offended <laughs> and sensitive, this is not the stop for you. And also, I'm not sorry, and I don't give a fuck. Roll that intro. Don't act like you're not impressed. Let me tell you something, Pandeo. You pull any of your crazy shit with us, you flash a piece out on the lanes, I'll take it away from you and stick it up your ass and pull the fucking trigger till it goes click. Jesus. You said it, man. Nobody fucks with the Jesus. All right, so welcome back, people. Appreciate you guys stopping by. It's always a pleasure. Uh, I am, um, yeah, I'm not, uh, I probably sounds like I had a cold, but for some reason my nose just got all fucking stuffy. Uh, nothing feels different or weird as far as, you know, I, I'm pretty, pretty in tune with my body, so I can kind of tell if I'm coming down with something, and that's not the case. I just, something, I don't know what happened. I don't know, it was probably some, something got in my fucking sinuses or something while I was out today. Uh, sorry, I, I meant to drink that earlier. My, um, I'm drinking a diet do actually because I didn't have my coffee and I said, fuck it, I had one in the fridge. Anyway, so, um, welcome back. Appreciate you guys, um, again, stopping by and hopefully that uh, you're hitting up that chat GPT and asking it all sorts of crazy questions before it tends to go on its own and eventually take over the world. I mean, it's coming, people. It's fucking coming. It's uh, it's quite frightening, though. So if you guys have tried it, I'm just curious. Hopefully you guys, like, you know, checked it out and and are kind of blown away how I am. It's, it's again, it's crazy. It's scary, but it's fascinating. You know us humans how we are. It's... We're 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 a breed that don't like, I guess, um, things that are are bad that are shitty. I guess in a way, um, at times evil, and in essence not good. Yet we're drawn to them. 
in some way, some fashion, right? It's it's kind of that old stupid saying that's, you know, a train wreck that you can't, you just can't look away from it. It's, you know, it's like a train wreck, you can't look away from it. It's it's something about our brains that gravitate uh, towards that. And granted, it's not that we don't like happiness and and beautiful and, and love as well. I mean, the beach, the ocean, sunsets, we're drawn to that as well. Hot chicks, uh, most of us guys are draw, definitely drawn to that. Um, but we are also drawn more so, I think, to things that are just odd, awkward, not good in a sense, or, or maybe it's just because they're not, um, they're not common. Maybe that's, maybe that's exactly what more it is than anything else. Not that it's bad or evil and so forth, but that it's uncommon, like a serial killer, right? Like people love stories about that, me included. It's just fascinating to me. Never, of course, would I, and people are broken and that shit's wrong, but it is quite fascinating. And maybe that's kind of what it is, is we don't understand it and it's not common. So we want to learn or read more about it. Now, I can't say it's because we don't understand it. We want to read more about it because I don't understand hockey and I want nothing to fucking do with it. So it can't be that. It's got to be something that's not common, right? Which will bring us into podcast episode 109 by the name of George Parrott, also known as Big Nose George. But um, before we get into that, I just wanted to say really quick. So, listen, I have... I have uh, uh, quite a few friends, right? And, but but I have a circle that's a little, of course, tighter, as 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 just you know most of us probably do. Um, and and in that circle, I have a, a wide range of of friends from all a diverse, let's say, just a diverse group of friends in in, in age and everything, right? So, um, I got to tell you that um, I have some millennial friends, and I do. I got my buddy, uh, Felix, who is a fucking hustler. That dude works, and he's a good fucking cat. He's actually turning 36 tomorrow, um, right the day before St. Patrick's Day. So much less that he cares about that shit. He's like, I got no plans, and he isn't that way, but... Saying that dude's very successful and just a fucking hustler and go-getter. So there's a range of everyone out there. But I got to say that brings me to a lot of millennials. And I'm sorry if you are a millennial, but there are some times I just have some fucking problems. And I, Chad, Chad McDaniel, my other buddy, my boy, he might be millennial. So you're also excluded, of course, Chad, but... I'm sure you can relate to to a lot of millennials. The ones, the ones that uh, are self entitled, that feel that they can't, like they ha- they have to, they have a right to be given everything when they haven't earned anything. You know what I'm saying? So here's here's one that's happened, and I know that it's happened for a fact because. 
I have a friend who's done this. I believe I've actually mentioned this on the podcast before, but why not? I'll mention it again. I don't know how many of you guys have heard this or are aware of this, but there have been people, grown-ass fucking adults, and I, I'm talking, and yes, 20s to mid-20s, you're still in a fucking, you're still an adult. Listen, at this point, you, you know for the most part about a job interview, how to go to it, you know, dressing up, maybe not dressing up, maybe you might falter a little bit, but you know it's a professional atmosphere and you're there to have an interview with, with an employer that you are interested in working for, Okay. Now, that being said, you know, like, you're not fucking dumb. You're not, well, at least most of us, okay? What I'm saying is you're not fucking 10, 11 years old and shit. What, so what I'm saying is, is, is there have been people, again, I know this is fucking sounds crazy. It sounds crazy, but they are, there are people that, like, my buddy had in, has interviewed where the person that they called to come in for an interview comes in with their mom, okay? I'm not talking about 16, 17 years old. I'm not talking about someone that's actually mentally or physically disabled. Of course, you have those those matters that, that require some assistance. I'm talking about a full-blown just just a, a, a adult person with your everyday capabilities of talking, everything. Every, they could do anything as, as far as that your average human can do, okay? Comes in with their mom for an interview, okay? Now, that's already bad enough as they sit there together What's worse is then they request, both the person and the mom have requested for her to actually sit in the interview, okay? Tell me how big of a joke that is, and are you seriously thinking that you are a qualified candidate at this point? Because sadly enough, the way fucking the way that at least the U.S. has gone a little bit, they've basically removed the removed everyone's balls because everybody's so af- afraid to offend so-and-so because of the whole Sue Happy system, right? Now, not too long ago back then, you'd be like, this isn't happening. Sorry, you're not you're not being hired. Like it was just straight up. And you know, it was nice to have a rude awakenings and a reality check. And when this is not the case anymore, there is definitely cause for concern when you're bringing your own mother to an interview to sit with you and you are a 100% able-bodied average person that is able to have an interview conducted on your own. I mean, what's going to be next? You're going to come in to, you're going to come in to work with your mom on the first day of work. She's going to come uh drop you off. She's going to carry your lunch in for you. She's going to go in and introduce everybody uh to her, you know, son or daughter 
I mean, what what is what is going on? What is going on? And why is it that nobody can say shit all of a sudden? You can say shit if you're on the other side, right? It, it, there's a double standard, but oh no no no! Don't hurt anybody's feelings. I mean, I I can't believe that sticks and stones are now like sticks and stones are now second to breaking bones. Like 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 breaking like sticks and stones breaking bones is second to name calling. Name calling now all of a sudden is devastating. Is traumatizing. A bunch of fucking snowflakes, man. I I. I, uh, my buddy and I were talking uh, one uh, not too long ago, and I I really did I, I kind of compare it to the millennials being raised like um, like you see out in the golf course or in the wild. I, I live by uh, quite a few golf courses, but it, it it basically comes to the point where millennials are like rabbits on a golf course. Okay. If you notice a fucking rabbit somewhere, anywhere, really anywhere, but especially like a golf course, anywhere like that, little cottontails, they, I I don't know how many beats per minute their heart goes, but it's got to be astronomical. I can't imagine every time you're eating, they're sitting there eating and constantly in, in a paranoid state of mind rightfully so because at any time something can come kill them or wants to kill them and eat them and that's from the ground that's from the sky that's from anywhere and everywhere so they are absolutely frightened every time i mean uh, i don't i can't imagine a rabbit just can't relax because there is threat 24/7 360 degrees around it all over the place so it's just sitting there eating and just i mean looking around like it can't even fucking relax to enjoy a, a leaf a flower whatever it may be because it's on the lookout for being killed and that's that's almost what i equate a millennial to be they're constantly looking around and almost waiting to be offended in a sense it's it's a bizarre thing. There's just they're always just running scared. They're looking around scared, fearful, and all of a sudden every every damn word happens to hurt their feelings. Retard now is the R word. You know, retard is an actual word and it's an actual correct term. It's nothing that's that's insulting because I call my buddy you fucking retard. I'm not I'm not making fun of retards. I'm making fun of my fucking buddy. It's 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 mind blowing to me how name calling has been has now the new. Um, I mean, bullying to a point that's always happened, so I can see that. But name calling is like the new punch in the face or some shit. I, I don't. I don't get it, and I find it so so strange. And all we re- all we are doing is raising a bunch of snowflakes, a bunch of pussies, and that's scary because <laughs> because they're still young. And if another country, and maybe somebody like Russia, comes over, um, 
these motherfuckers aren't going to fight shit. They're going to be scared out of their goddamn minds because they don't have a reality check. They don't know what it's like for life to kick you in the balls, to show you, hey, shit don't work like that around here. And it doesn't matter what you think. This is the way life is. This is the way it works. And you have to adopt, adapt and take it and grow. That's all it is, is taking it and growing. It's not easy, and it shouldn't be easy. I go to the fucking gym quite a bit, and it's not easy. I can't just say, hey, it's not fair. I should just be big regardless or whatever the hell I mean. I should be in shape. No. You know what? I have to fucking go, and I have to work my ass off for it, and I have to learn from it. So it's a bunch of bullshit with the whole, um, uh, with the whole permission and, and everything. I mean... Anxiety, like <laughs> there's this one dude and um that that actually actually used the word um I'm in I <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to I, I have it right here. My buddy sent it to me and um I have it right here. I and I know he's listening right now, but so I'm I'm not gonna say his name of course, but I have a buddy who's who's basically talking with with a millennial and had made a, a, a scheduled a time to speak on the phone and the one dude said and he, not that he's a bad dude he's a good dude from what I understand he is talented I do I knew that I, I've never talked to him really personally but good cat um and, and so forth but genuine to a point lazy as fuck and uh, a scared ass bitch. Okay, that's that's just the way it is. The other thing is, is because he, um, he was gonna have a busy day because they had they had agreed to say maybe like one of the two days to be able to hop on a call really quick and talk. Well, the one one of these days he was gonna be working quite a bit that day, so that night he was gonna probably be tired. So. He was uh, what he said. Um, hey, I'm planning on my weeknights for this week. I'm shooting for tomorrow or Thursday evening to make some big changes for this website. Okay, let me know if you think you'll be free because he wants to talk to him about it and so forth. So my buddy says, "Yeah, cool. I'm available more tomorrow than on Thursday, but let me know because I can make things happen. Because he's an adult, he can adjust in what he needs to. All right." His response, the, 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 the dude's response was, tomorrow evening might not be free for me. I've got a busy day and I'm anticipating exhaustion. All right? Uh, I mean, what, what the fuck is that? What is anticipating exhaustion? Um, go, to, go to an actual career job and say some shit like that. Um, I guarantee you, you won't be there very long. I say that shit to my parents back in the day. I mean, I'd uh, I'd probably get thrown through the wall. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. Um, also, they tend to only really respond or talk when it's highly benefiting them. And and um, and that's really when they pay attention. That's really when they put the hard work in all of a sudden, 
like, oh, you know, you know, it's all about me now, right? Because they're they're very self-indulged in that way. And of course, if anything comes up abruptly or some type of disagreement, they also disappear because confrontations are scary things. Okay. Superman has kryptonite, and I guess millennials have um confrontation. I, I think that's the way it works. I mean, all of us have a reality check. Okay. Mine was about 16. Um, this dude I'm talking about, which I didn't know until a little while ago, till my buddy told me. I was thinking maybe he's, you know, early mid 20s, still questionable. No, he told me he's in his early 30s. So wake up, millennials. This ain't, this is a different fucking world out here. And if you ever go abroad, like, and that's not the United States. Uh, prepare to get your feelings hurt and prepare to cry a lot because some of those countries out there could give two shits what, what you think and what you feel and what hurts your feelings because the only place it exists so far is here. So keep that in mind. Now, that being said... I find pussies in all generations. We all know that, okay? Uh, I've just had a lot more experiences experiences recently with more millennials at the gym, at work, and all over the place. Like, again, a lot of I have a lot of millennial friends, or I have some millennial friends, but that doesn't make you all. I'm not putting you all in that box, but. Um, I'm calling you guys out to help your own kind grow some balls, man. Grow some balls. All right, so I told my buddy I was going to actually do a segment on that. Well, he actually was thinking about like, hey, man, this would be good, and I'm going to take and run with it. He said five minutes. I said the way I talk and the way I go off a tangent, it's going to be a little bit more than that. And fucking sure enough, it ended up being a slight bit longer. Uh, So... I, sorry, I, it just, again, I, I start rolling and then shit just starts getting in my head and I just keep talking more and more and more and more and more and more. So on to what I say, George Parrott, also known as Big Nose, Big Nose George. So this is interesting and I actually only came to know about it a few weeks ago, when my buddy Holmberg on the radio station brought it up, I had no idea that this had happened. I actually was, I kind of thought this, this might have happened to these type of outlaws in the past, or, you know, happened to all of them. But I guess it only happened to this one outlaw. And you can only imagine my disappointment that it only happened to one person. Now... That being said, it is kind of crazy. So maybe it's not a good thing, but I'm telling you what, it might be a little bit different now. And uh, I don't know if the millennials would be the same right now. So podcast episode 109, who was Big Nose George? So obviously he was called Big Nose George because of that reason. Now, if he was a millennial, he'd be crying about that because that hurts his feelings, right? Um, 
he used it more probably as a motivation, as fuel to not necessarily do the best in life, but I don't know, to be an outlaw in a sense. Um, I'll try not to come back to the millennial shit, but sometimes it's just so, so good. And it's right there. I have to just tee off. I just have to tee off. But I'll try not to fucking, you know, keep pulling the same card. Because I know I get sick of that shit too. So, Big Nose George, uh, well, he was he was a cattle rustler and a highwayman in the American Wild West back in the 19th century. Now, basically what that means is he was a bandit murderer, and horse thief. <laughs> All right? Uh, his crimes actually came to an end back in 1881. Now, oh, excuse me, um, burping a lot. So I actually didn't realize, and this is maybe the ignorance or the stupidity in me because I'm not the fucking smartest person in the world, and I, I like, there's just some things I find fascinating. Reading is not one of them. However, Articles I do, but books, not going to happen. But a highwayman is what was a robber who stole from travelers. It was a thief that usually traveled and ro robbed by horse compared to what they call footpad who traveled and robbed on foot, which is probably what you see prevalent now in New York City. My guess, L.A., you know, those type of places. And a course of cattle rustler, I imagine everybody else kind of knows what that as what that is with cattle cattle raiding and in is you know stealing cattle is is basically what that was. But anyways, um, on top of that, you know he was a bandit, murderer, and horse thief. So back in 1878, so I can't remember how old Big George. Okay, so he was. He was 47 years old at the time of his death. He was born in 1834 and, well, died at 47. You could do the math or you could just wait till I tell you what happens. It's up to you. Like, whatever. So, or you can even ask, uh, you can ask Siri or better yet, you can jump on ChatGPT and just say, hey, give me the breakdown on Big Nose George and I bet... It will do just that. Maybe I should pull up ChatGPT and see what it tells me. I almost want to call it he, but it's not a gender. Or is it? Or wait, that might hurt its feelings. I better not better not do that with that whole gender fluidity and all that other horse shit. So in 1978, Parrot and his gang murdered two law enforcement officers. <clears throat> a uh, Wyoming deputy sheriff, and a Union Pacific detective after they bungled a, a train robbery that went fucking south. It didn't, you know, it, they, they obviously weren't maybe the best these, but I could be wrong. So they were ordered to track down Parrot's gang back in August of, of 1878 following that attempted rob robbery. Um, and on an oscillated stretch of track near what they call Medicine Bow River, um, they, uh, the officers traced, like, the, the outlaws to this camp at this place called the Rattlesnake Canyon, okay? And, uh, unfortunately for, for the, um, 
the law enforcement uh, deputies, officers, they were spotted by uh, the gang lookout as they were looking down, looking through. As they approached where the camp was, where the fire was, because they like put the fire out um, to hide, the gang ambushed the two lawmen while they were investigating it. And they shot one of them in the face. And while the other one tried to escape, he was shot before he was made it, made it out of the cannon. Cannon. Out of the canyon. <laughs> I promise I haven't been drinking. Not yet, anyway. Um, so the murder of those two lawmen basically were quickly discovered. And they were offered a $10,000 award for the apprehension of these guys. Uh, eventually late, uh, doubled to twenty grand. So... Here's one thing uh, that ChatGPT would have pulled up, and if you pull up on Wikipedia, is a few things that Big Nose George was, was known for. Banditry, murder, and being made into a pair of shoes. Yeah, you heard me right. That was the, the third thing he was known for was being made into a pair of shoes. Now... That's probably number one, what he's known for now, because, and I did a search on this, it was, uh, it was everywhere. Okay, so here's kind of what happened when they killed the law enforcement officers, and they actually end up getting away for, for you know, a year or two. Okay, so the, <clears throat> the murder occurred back in, what I say, 78, all right? So in, 19, in 1880, I want to say 19, 1880. Now, imagine, that is crazy to think. My buddy and I were just talking about this this morning at the gym, how fucking fast time has flown by. You know, because you're looking at this as, as 19. There we go. 1878, all right? In 1880. If th that is... Uh, it's 2023, man. That is so crazy how long ago that really was, if you think about it. Scary. So I was talking to my, my buddy when we were talking about like going, you know, he was going, he went to, he went back home for a minute, not back home, but where he went to school up in Idaho for a few things he had to take care of. And he was thinking, holy shit, because his birthday's tomorrow. And he's like, I can't believe I'm be 36, man. I said, I know, bro. Can you believe that shit? And it's so bizarre to me because when I see like a movie or a, it doesn't matter, song, whatever it is that was done in 2014, I'm going, oh, that was just a few years ago. Then I really think about it and I go, no, that is almost 10 years ago. It just fucking goes, it goes so fast. And it's just crazy to think this is 1880. I mean... I, it, it's it's so fucking crazy to think that stuff. So, in 1880, following the robbery of this other guy by the name of Khan, and he was he was basically just paraphrasing really quick because it was it's it's a little bit of a long story. He basically Khan was this guy. He was transferring money from one town to another. Is is kind of what it came down to, and he was. He was actually he was actually traveling with a military convoy that was containing 15 soldiers and two officers in an ambulance, a wagon from um, Fort Keg Co. Maybe probably Frank Co. Sorry, and 
that was an army post located in Montana. And uh, it was tasked, that was just basically to task to collect the, the army payroll. Anyways, so they were going from one town to another, okay? And they had to go through this, um, this steep coulier. And as they were going through that, it, it was, uh, it's, a, it's like basically a five mile plateau. And because it's so steep and narrow, just tough back in those days to get, to get through, it created large gaps between all these party members. And eventually the gang of Big Nose George took advantage of that and robbed them. And they're saying anywhere between $3,800 and $14,000. Now, that's a, to me, to me, that's still a lot of money nowadays, especially 14K. But back in fucking 1880, I, I, I mean, I can't even imagine how much money that equates to. I should look it up really quick. Let me see. I'll pause it real quick. Holy shit. I really wasn't expecting that. Um, it's equivalent to the purchasing power right now of $412,000. Almost $413,000. I thought maybe a hundred grand or I don't know, maybe it's me being naive, but that's pretty fucking mind blowing to at 14K to be almost $413,000 thousand dollars so i guess it was no small fucking uh robbery anyway so um so following the robbery of this guy by the name of khan uh big nose george parrot and his second which is this guy by the name of charlie or was the name charlie burris or as they called him dutch charlie they were arrested in miles in miles city by two other local deputies so despite the bounties of you know, on Parrot's head, which, uh, so 20 grand, okay, now, 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 that, that, so, the, the bounty there, not thinking, because you're thinking 10 to 20,000, 10,000 first, and then 20,000, it was doubled to 20,000 back in the day, even then, you're just like, okay, that's a lot of money, but you don't think of it, you know, that much money i'm just looking it up it comes out to five hundred and eighty nine thousand dollar reward they don't even do that now so so i mean imagine that and listen i'm just i'm two days today years old when i'm finally finding this out that is that is a fucking huge reward i had no idea uh until <laughs> now so that is that's pretty incredible so despite the bounty on Parrot's head, according to an account in this book by the name of Legendary Locals of Rawlings, which is where the museum is, and we'll get to that in a little while, uh, at one point, he basically began bragging about, as he's drunk, of course, about having killed these lawmen back in Wyoming, all right? Which I guess back in the day was something that they used to do for like these outlaws and shit back in the day from from what I read a little bit and it was a thing that they would gloat about and I guess it seems like those wild west movies you know kind of seem to work that way so you can kind of see that happening so anyways they they 
they returned uh, uh, Parrot, and I want to say Perot. <laughs> I, I mean, it's spelled Parrot, so. Um, returned to Parrot, returned Parrot to Wyoming shortly after his capture, back in 1880, where uh, a mob, an actual mob, was waiting for him. So when he arrived by train, there was a lynch mob that had already formed. What a, what a greeting party, you know, I mean, amazing. And uh, they were going to, uh, they were going to just lynch him, like, as soon as he got off the train. Uh, it was, it was done. Which, I, I kind of envy those, uh, those um, times, as far as, this, there's no, there's no alleged when it's obvious. That's, that, that's a whole nother that's a whole nother level. Uh, and and maybe I'll, if I can't go on to that right now, because I'll go on to tangent. The alleged versus alleged versus when you see somebody actually and not one person, multiple people see one a person actually commit the crime. And then you still say alleged. Uh, that shit just it. I just it, it angers me. It, it frustrates me. Anyways, um, as we move on. <laughs> uh, so they were going to lynch him right up right there, right off the train. But they say there, there must have been something fairly charismatic about him because he convinced the lynch mob to allow him to go to trial. Okay, well, whatever. Because probably like, hey, hey, you know, I got a right, whatever. Of course, the son of a bitch doesn't want to get lynched right there. He probably thinks, hey, I can get away with this. I've done it before, whatever it may be, right? So back in April, so he was, Parrot was sentenced to hang on April 2nd. In 1881. So obviously uh, the trial didn't go as probably like he planned. All right. Following a trial, uh, he tried to escape while being held at the Rawlings, Wyoming jail. All right. He was able to wedge and, and file the rivets of the heavy shackles on his hands using a pocket knife, which who knows? I mean, obviously, maybe they didn't search them back then, but or somebody probably gave it to him. Who knows? In a piece of sandstone. On March 22nd, having removed his shackles, which is not too far from him basically being executed, he removed his shackles and he hid in the washroom until his jail this until his jailer, Robert Rankin, entered the area. Using the shackles, Parrot struck him over the head, fracturing his skull, and then managed to fight, you know, the Rankin, the deputy, managed to fight back calling out for his wife, so I guess maybe um, it was bring your wife to work day or something, uh, for, for help at the same time. She grabbed a pistol and managed to persuade Parrot to return to his cell. Well, not necessarily kind of managed, but basically told him to, I mean, held him at gunpoint. You know, word of, the, it, it, it basically... She held him at gunpoint after firing basically the gun twice up in the air, <laughs> right? So I guess if you want to call that persuasion, yeah, I suppose that works, right? Now, this is where the story actually gets a little bit more interesting and kind of fucking crazy. So news of the escape, I guess, you know, the news of the escape attempt spread through Rollins and the group of people started making their way to the jail. So these are just your citizens of the town, all right, from, from what it sounds like. 
While Rankin, the deputy, lay recovering, masked men with pistols burst into the jail, holding Rankin at gunpoint. Remember, this is the deputy. They took his keys, then dragged Parrot from his cell. Then Parrot's so-called rescuers turned out to be the townspeople, bringing Parrot out to a lynch mob of more than 200 people. <laughs> At this point, Big Nose George's hands were tied behind his back. A noose was secured around his neck, and the mob made him stand on an empty kerosene barrel and tossed a rope over the crossbar of a telegraph pole. I mean, that fucking fast. Like, uh, pretty nuts. So, basically planning to hang him right there. Like, we're lynching this motherfucker. But the rope broke, right? So then, Big George, Big Nose George, fell. And at this point, at, 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 this some, at this point, he was just begging for someone to shoot him. And, um... And the lynch mob replaced the news, basically grabbed him, replaced the news, and made him climb a 12-foot ladder. Now, mind you, at this point, he has his shackles on, okay? He has his irons on, as they call them. So at this time, with the repaired leg irons weighing him down, of course, climbing was difficult. But they finally, he, they finally got him back up there. He ends up falling off the pole... And was again imprecisely strung up, violently strangling to death. By the time he was brought down, and as can be seen on his death mask, the rope had rubbed his ears clean off during the clumsy execution. So he basically finally choked to death, and it wasn't a quick death, from it sounds like. Now, that sounds pretty fucking crazy. That's pretty nasty. And the death mask, the only thing is, is I don't think his ears were rubbed off because I did read about death masks. And, and I don't know if you guys are, are familiar with it. I just looked it up really quick. And it's basically when they, you know, make a, a face out of like um, plaster and so forth. And it's usually just a face. So it doesn't it doesn't have the ears or anything like that like King Tut and, you know, those Egyptians and things like that, they that's kind of considered a a, a bit of a, a, a death mask. So I think it's not that his ears were rubbed off. I think it's just that they didn't make, you know, they didn't make that plaster, that face mask go all the way to his ears. But pretty, uh, a pretty, pretty shitty way to die, I have to say. Now, mind you, for me, this is me talking, in my opinion, I think it's fine. Because if you're going to, like, be a complete asshole and waste of space to humankind, then maybe you deserve to die like an asshole, right? I mean, the whole punishment fits the crime type of deal. So, uh, anyways, that being said, still, pretty brutal. <laughs> so, the crazy thing is, is his remains. So, nobody ever came after, after he was... After he was lynched <laughs> nobody ever actually claimed his body so he had no family at least that they knew of so there was two doctors dr thomas mcgee and uh a john eugene osborne took possession of parrot's body after his death 
They wanted to basically study his brain for clues to criminality, all right? Which I guess kind of makes sense, but I don't know if if it was the right approach. I mean, Seneca almost tells me that they kind of had something to do with it, possibly, right? So the top of Parrot's skull was basically just sawn off, and like at the top half, and the cap was presented to a 16-year-old by the name of Lillian Heath. Uh, basically is, was a medical assistant to the Dr. Thomas McGee. She became the first female doctor in Wyoming and I guess was said to have used the cap as an ashtray, a pen holder, and a doorstop. <laughs> the death, death mask was also created of Parrot's face and here's what it really gets kind of weird and interesting. And the skin from his thighs and chest was removed. So they basically fucking skinned George, big nose George's body. So the skin, including the dead man's nipples, was sent to a tannery in Denver for leather, right? Where it was made into a pair of shoes, a medical bag, and yes, a coin purse. So crazy. And even after all this, they were kept by the John Eugene Osborne guy who at some point ended up being this political figure and he actually wore the shoes to his inaugural ball after being elected as the first Democratic governor of the state of Wyoming. Wearing motherfucking human skin shoes made out of big nose George's thighs, chest, and obviously nipples. I, I mean, I don't know what part was used where, but I mean, still still pretty nuts. So Paris then Paris dismembered body was then stored in a whiskey barrel filled with a salt solution for about a year. Wow, I guess experiments continued. And then eventually was buried in the in the yard behind Dr. McGee's office. Pretty fucking crazy, man. I, I have to say. So the whereabouts of the medical bag. Uh, so a couple things, items are still have been uh, not discovered or unknown anymore. And who knows, maybe destroyed at some point. But the, re the, the rediscovery of this happened. So, you know, after a while, I guess, you know, being buried, uh, I mean, I, I guess experiments continued. I don't know what else you could do. But eventually the incident was kind of not necessarily forgotten, but, you know, I probably just got lost eventually, right? Up until May 11th, of 1950. So now you're talking... Almost, I mean, you're talking close to 100 years, 70 years or so later. I mean, after that, when construction, yeah, yeah, 70 years. When the construction workers excavating for a new building on this Cedar Street unearthed a whiskey barrel filled with bones. The location was behind the building that had served as Dr. McGee's office years before. Inside that barrel were numerous human bones, including a skull with a top sawed off. Well, in no time, 
you know, as a crowd gathered to look at the grizzly remains because it's still 1950, um, someone remembered that Dr. Lillian Heath had kept that skull cap. So, well, well into her 80s at this point, she was still alive and she was immediately contacted. When her husband brought the skull cap to the scene, well, what do you know? It fit perfectly with the skull found in the barrel. So, um, it, it, it's, it's crazy to think. Now, again, I, I, punishing criminals and stuff like that, skinning somebody, that's, that's taking it to another level. That is crazy, though, for that to happen so long ago. And um, the shoes, uh, yeah, they're they're not pretty, but maybe back then they were looking pretty, pretty, pretty nice, right? I mean, snappy dresser, you know, wearing some human skin shoes. I mean, come on, what the fuck, right? I'm sure like Dahmer and Ed Gein would probably be like, well, that sounds like a great idea to me. <clears throat> so uh, that was pretty interesting. Now, here's what I'm saying is like guilty and sat- sentenced quick. I mean, quick, man. And that's kind of what sometimes the judicial system bothers me with nowadays. Now, I know that there's been a lot of innocent people that have been free and, and so forth. And I get it. They don't want to be making mistakes. But again, what I'm saying is when you've seen the person commit the crime, and maybe not even one person, but multiple people have seen it. Nowadays, you have video cameras, you have phone cameras, you have everything. But when you see people like that piece of garbage that shot people in a, in a movie theater, that's not alleged anymore. The survivors have seen this person why bother going through the whole deal? Oh, yeah, maybe he's not. Maybe he's he's insane. Maybe he's mentally. But you know what? No, he you piece put the pieces together of going. He was completely coherent from the planning to to the execution. Not the best choice of words, but, you know, to going through his device, devising his plan and going through and going through it and knowing, knowing full well that it was wrong when he was doing. So don't give me that bullshit. That, that's the thing that bothers me the most right there. So on September 13th, okay, September 13th, 1880, Big Nose George was arraigned in Rawlings, okay? Was arraigned in Rawlings. He first entered a guilty plea and then, and then changed his plea to not guilty on, uh, you know, not guilty, okay? On November 16th, uh, in 1880, just a couple months later, the jury was sworn, and two days later, George again changed his plea back to guilty. Who knows why? A motion was filed for arrest of judgment and sentencing, and the court the court took this under advisement but denied the motion on December 15th, 1880. Here's another another month. Now I know population has tenfold, but come on, man. You, there's still, again, the people have been seen doing this. At that time, the death by hanging was a punishment for those found guilty of murder. He was sentenced to hang on April 2nd, 
1881. So, September 13th, 1880, he was arraigned. April 2nd, 1881, he was sentenced. Like, that was his death date. That is, that is moving the system and not spending money, all right? I mean, and remember, remember, I have, what this podcast actually is, is born from is my buddy, Brad, in prison for life since 1994 for murder, okay? So don't say, well, what about, hey, I know somebody and I have a really good friend who I consider a boy that's in prison now for murder. So, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy, especially when you know somebody. But that is quick justice, man. And and ain't no bullshit. Like, that's it, right? I just I just think that's absolutely amazing. Um, so nowadays, as we go back to Rollins, Wyoming, the Carby County, Carbon County Museum in Rollins, Wyoming. So today, that museum in Wyoming proudly displays Big George's death mask, his skull and the infamous shoes made of the outlaw's skin, um, which is pretty nuts. And that's what that's what that's why I say we are very we are fascinating by things that are bad uh, points, evil like against serial killers. But like I said, maybe it's not that. Maybe it's the fact that it's not common, and that's what makes it more fascinating. And just wondering how do people do shit like that. You know, like, how does that happen? Um, which is so bizarre. So also um, so also on display is a watch given uh, by the county commissioners to Rosa Rankin for having stopped, you know, Big Nose from escaping from jail in 1881. And actually the museum, it's, it's one of the biggest attractions in the city. And guess what is one of the most attractive parts or pieces, <laughs> should I say, is that. So supposedly, I did read this a little bit later. I don't know how it's true it is. But today, Parrot's skull is not on display. But the shoes do remain there. And I guess they remain a complicated artifact because you've woke foxes, what I'm assuming. At once a major attraction, now as well as a morbid relic that raises questions about the proper handling of human remains. Well, I mean, we have poor animals that you know, unfortunately get put down for things and and sometimes they're and more more often than not they're provoked. So this this is where no a human's broke. Sometimes they're broken, man. Sometimes they're broken. All right. So um Bohannon says sh- sh- which um I have to look again. Sorry. I, I believe she's the um she's probably the curator or at least the owner of the museum. Anyways uh, says she tries to remain understanding on both sides of the issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a criminal, and he had hands in two deaths of officials. So um, I think that the today the sentiment is still some of the Wild West sentiment, and they were criminals, and they don't deserve the dignity. They don't deserve to die basically with dignity, you know, or for anything good to come for the rest of their lives, which is very true, very true. And who cares about afterlife, she says. But, 
You know, some people think they're, you know, some people are like, hey, it's a museum, there's shoes, they were made to look like shoes, they're worn as shoes, they are shoes, right? You know, it's a, if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck and walks like, what? Well, it's probably a duck. But um, it, it is pretty crazy. She actually said that one of the museum's registrars once quit when the shoes and skulls were temporarily taken off display in deference to some sensitive visitors. Um, that's probably millennials, I, I would guess. Again, okay, I know, I'm trying not to come back to it, but son of a bitch, man. For some reason, that hits right off the bat. Oh, and the Karens, of course. Because that's you guys are all grouped together. You realize that, right? Millennials, you millennials and Karens, you're all the same. You are the same. Think about that. Suck on that. Uh, <laughs> so... Um, that that museum is actually, you know, home to a number of exhibits, uh, you know, Union Pacific, which remember, one of the guys was a Union Pacific person, right? But this is funny, too, because it's 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 has a tribute to Thomas Edison's 1878 visit to Wyoming territory. But the one display that tends to garner the most attention from the visitors is the pair of shoes made out of skin from or yeah, from Big Nose George. Now, the shackles and um, and his and his hanging in the skull cap. Now, again, there's a couple articles, so I'm not sure what that is. But there's a couple things that that are actually in the Union Pacific Museum, which is actually in Omaha, Nebraska, um, that are actually displayed there. Now, the rest of Parrot's remains, I guess, were allegedly secretly, there's that word again, secretly buried years ago in an unknown location, probably for good measure. The medicine bag has never been found, and nor has his, uh, the coin purse. Which, um, yes, is very appropriately named. Somebody must have taken it or something happened because the coin purse, I guess, was on display at Rawlings, Wyoming, Carbon County Museum, and eventually was misplaced, supposedly. Um, they think that one reason is, is that a people just were not, everything was, you know, they weren't too keen on it. But uh, the coin purse, yes, was made out of, but you would guess supposedly his scrotum. So um, must have been a wrinkly looking thing. But anyways, that has never been found either. Now, I know I had mentioned Dutch Charlie. This is just a quick one because obviously he was just the second guy in, uh, you know, to, to Big Nose George. But, um, you know, is a quick little update or ending, shall I say, because update is a hundred and odd some odd years ago. Uh, the outlaws had eluded capture for a while, but it appears that Dutch Charlie was caught early in 1879. Tensions ran high in Southern Wyoming along the Union Pacific Railroad. People were incensed, incensed, incensed about the murders of the lawmen. So on January 23, Charlie was being transported from Laramie to Rawlings for trial when the locomotive stopped for coal and water at Carbon. There was a mob there. They boarded the train, 
dragged him off and hanged him from a telegraph pole. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was not considered worthy of burial in the Carbon Cemetery where Deputy Whittlefield was laid to rest, which is one of the deputies that he was involved murdering. So Dutch Charlie's unmarked grave is located somewhere in the sagebrush outside the cemetery boundaries. I guess at least they buried him, right? So, um, yeah, that is the story of George Parrott, Big Nose George. Um, pretty nuts, I thought. I, I, I thought it was, it was quite fascinating. Never knew about that. And... Uh, a pretty uh, pretty brutal ending, right? I mean, I gotta say. Uh, um, I can't say it's not well-deserved, uh, but holy shit, man. Obviously, uh, I mean, I, I wonder I wonder what happened, and I'm sure crime still was huge, but I wonder if it was huge where the, the John Osborne guy were at in that area. Like, uh... The consequences had to had some type of impact. No? I mean, I would think so. Uh, but very, very interesting. So I, I hope you guys found that interesting. I mean, it, it, it's quite morbid, no question. But I, I did find it quite fascinating, and, and hopefully you guys did too. So if you guys want to look it up more, you can. Uh, there's, there's a few articles on him. Most of them basically repeat the same thing. They just maybe tell it a little bit differently. And I have I got this from a few different articles, but yeah, um, very very crazy stuff. The the big nose George who was turned into a pair of shoes, medicine bag, and a coin purse. Um, now, one little quick weird thing that I came into while I was researching uh, big nose George, and I I, I kind of found. I myself found it uh, pretty disturbing. And obviously some people don't. I do. I think, I would like to think I'm in the majority of this. First time I've said that because I'm usually the minority, right? Be, you know, being a Mexican and, and so forth. Well, maybe here in Asia, maybe 50-50. I don't know. Hey, but I'm a U.S. citizen. So don't be talking shit. Yes. Anyways, so did you know that People still wear leather made from human skin. This is real, man. This is real. I will read this because I, I was surprised about it. All right, so hopefully I don't bore you guys. It's it's just just a few paragraphs, nothing crazy, but it's I I I I I find it I find it disturbing. Like I said, interesting, fascinating, but kind of fucked up. Let's put it that way. So. Although it may seem like something that only exists in horror movies or the darkest corners of the internet, there are people who still wear leather made from human skin. It's a practice that's been going on for centuries, and while it's not as common as it once was, there are still a number of people who see it as a fashion statement or a way to show their support for the practice. Now, this article was written in October of 2022. So this is very, very recent. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's about to get worse. Leather made from human skin is typically tanned and then treated like any other type of leather. 
Uh, it can be used to make clothing, shoes, and other accessories, as George Parrott knows, and is often seen as a status symbol. I don't know why the fuck you would want that even as a status symbol. You gotta be pretty, you gotta be pretty fucked up in the head, I think, to wear human skin. No, I mean, I honestly think it's bad enough when you wear, for the most part, leather. I mean, there's some animals that are raised for leather, uh, just like for beef. But, but humans, yeah, people are like, well, it's just still a living creature. But I mean, do you eat humans? I mean, do you eat beef? You know, it's, it's, I, I don't know. To me, hey, I'm not saying right or wrong. For, for me, I'm just saying that's not my lane, all right? Um, so, of course, there are a number of ethical concerns associated with wearing leather made from human skin. Hmm, gee, fuck, that's surprising. Some people believe that it's a form of cannibalism and that it's respectful to the people who have died. Now, yeah, of course it is, but at the same time, if they decide to go that way or donate themselves that way, then there's no disrespect to that. It's just like saying when when they donate themselves to science, you know, for CTE, things like that, it's, well, if you really laid them to rest, bury them and, and cremate them, then so if they donate their bodies to science and they're not laid to like they're laid to rest, that doesn't mean anything. Like it's being disrespectful to, to the body, right? Well, it's a corpse at that point, but um, I think it kind of falls along those lines. Others argue that it's no different than wearing leather made from animals. And that as long as the skin is obtained from consenting adults, there's no harm in wearing it. And again, Absolutely. Whether or not you believe it's ethical to wear leather made from human skin, there's no denying that it's a practice that still exists today. If you're curious about it, there are a number of places you can find more information about it online. Um, so, yeah, if you're into human wearing skin, then, um, well, this is the place for you, I guess, right? Not not, not here, not hell average. Uh, we don't... We don't we we're, we don't ride that line. Just be warned that some of the images you'll see may be disturbing. And I saw a couple and probably some of the grossest things I've seen. And I'm not fucking lying. I honestly think it is extremely disturbing, especially when you realize it's actual, it's an actual human or once was a human. So in the United Kingdom, yay, UK, humanleather.co.uk sells items made of real human leather. I love how they say leather because that really softens it a tiny bit. It just makes it more eloquent. It's fucking human skin, assholes. The website claims to be the only manufacturer of this type of product in the world. When donors pass away, their skins are left to their loved ones who are compensated generously. So here's an interesting little thing also with this. And I didn't check because I don't need to have that popping up on my fucking, um, you know, feeds and, and uh, website and shit like that. But... The site stopped working a few years ago due to an overwhelming demand. All right, it wasn't because it was broke. It wasn't because 
People are like, that's disgusting. That's unethical. Take that down. It was because it couldn't handle the demand. That is pretty disturbing to me. I mean, wow. See, people are people are sick, man. People are sick in the head. I'm telling you, we we as a breed, a lot of us just we're just not good. We're not good for this planet, which which is why it's trying to get rid of the cancer that is called humans. Um, leather is thought to have originated in Africa, um, but of course, other parts of the world. I mean, of course, uh, how couldn't it? You know, of course. Uh, let's see. Other trades have been discovered in Japan where many tattoo artists valued the complexity of their work. I still, still. So, for the last 2,000 years, there have been many objects made of human skin. But should we make art with human skin? That was a question I didn't really want to go. I just, I just went with the paragraph. I don't think so, but that's me. There's this book. I gonna complete butcher the name no pun intended <laughs> i'm gonna fuck up the name let's put it that way the book des des destiny des destiny the alarm or something like that. des destiny the alarm um is an antique book okay it's an antique book with the fleshy side as they call it and yes that's exactly why it's called that way harvard university's Houghton, Houghton Library is housing a book titled Des Destinies de Lyon, which can be translated as the On the Destiny of the Soul. Fittingly, this book about a human soul has a human covering, which is skin. It's bound by human skin, people. I gotta say, Des, Des Destinies de Lyon. I almost sound pretty damn good pronouncing that. Anyways, outside of that, yeah. So uh, maybe you guys want to go pick up a copy and check out this uh, human skin bound book. Can you believe? I, I mean, there's a site on there. I, I mean, should I go on there? Should I should I check it out to see? It can't be going anymore. You know what? Let's see. Let's let's see what we got. I am. Uh, I wonder if I'm gonna pay that. Like, this is not probably going to bode well as far as my search and, and uh, whatchamacallit, uh, my ad, targeting ad stuff. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. I'll go copy and then come here. <sighs> Pasting. Yep, error. Uh, fatal error. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, of course, that goes with anything, but that's interesting. Uh, access syntax with curly braces no longer supported. Array, array and string offset access syntax with curly braces no longer supported. Okay, so I have a feeling it probably wasn't that it was by choice or they moved and it's probably on the dark web now. So I'm sure you can find it there. You can probably find all sites of human sh skin shit there. Who fucking knows? But yes, uh, anyways... I thought that was quite interesting, quite disgusting, quite disturbing. And I hope um, you guys kind of found some interest in that. I know this one was, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't crack as many jokes on this one because 
it's 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 a little disturbing, I have to say. And um and I'm fucking hungry and I'm just not I'm, I'm not on my game when I'm hungry. I had some caffeine and not that that wakes me up but it helps me focus. I just yeah, I didn't want to wait till tomorrow because my schedule is to set things up and I have to I have to try to even if I'm not in the mood, you have to turn that switch on, right? If I was doing shows somewhere, like if I was a stand-up comedian, for instance, and that's what I always think about. Like if you're a stand-up comedian, you know, or like my buddy on the sh- on Holmberg show, it doesn't matter if you're feeling, if you're having a shit day. It doesn't matter what's going on that day or what's happened that day. You have promised people that they're going to, they're there for a show. And especially when you're comedy, you're there to make people laugh. You have to be on, regardless of what happened. You can't reschedule. You can't say, I don't feel like it today. You can't call in when you just don't feel like it. Yeah, if you're sick, absolutely. But if you feel like, I just don't feel on today, you know what? Turn it on. Be on. It might not be the best show, but you have to do what you can and you have to do it the best and you have to give it your best for the people out there. So that's what I'm doing today. And hopefully, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. I know it came across probably not as my normal self. Hopefully it was still good, still fun. Even though we were talking about human skins, uh, <laughs> not, not Fortnite skins either. But... Uh, yeah, that should be a perk, right? Human skin shoes. So, I don't know. Either way, I hope you guys liked it and and uh, enjoying still uh, um, this this whole uh, this whole f- fucking podcast that I just happened to put together. And don't forget to check out uh, ChatGPT. As Chad McDaniel said, he asked, "What what podcast should I should I listen to?" And ChatGPT said, hella average by Jose. And he was, of course, just being awesome and supportive. And he tweeted that. So I appreciate that. But thank you to my boy Rick also, who has now started listening to my podcast and supporting me as well. Truly appreciate you, my brother. Thank you so much for um, just listening to my to my shit and uh, I know he said he's appreciated it so listening to it and uh, and thank you thank you to everyone uh, now I have two listeners maybe three so hey we're growing baby we're growing alright guys thank you so much again for taking the time to stop by listening to my shit truly appreciate that's a fucking rap